This is episode 204 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 204 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I've got Cherry Chan on the show again today. Cherry was on the show back in the 90, episode 90 or 92 range. She shared a ton of gold nuggets at the time. We dug into a lot of the nuts and bolts and this episode built upon that. I asked Cherry what's up, what's new uh, in terms of accounting and what people need to know about in terms of tax filings. And I also talked to her about what's been happening in her personal life and in her investing life. She is Erwin Zito's wife and they they run their businesses concurrently out of the same office. She does chartered accounting for real estate investors and Erwin runs the real estate brokerage side for investors. So interesting dynamic they have. They do a lot of education as well with their iWin group. And they recently ran the Wealth Hacker event with Jesse Itzler as a key speaker. So I asked Cherry about that, how that all went. And uh, it was great catching up with her. Just before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you that if you'd like to grab a copy of my cash flow analyzer spreadsheet, you can do so on my website at andrew-hines.com. And if you're interested in seeing me break down some deals in more specific detail with visuals and, and a visual of the spreadsheet included, I highly recommend you check out my deal analysis show on YouTube called REI Hot Seat. The link is in the description of this video. With that said, if you're enjoying the show, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave a five-star rating and review if you're an audio listener. And without further ado, let's jump into episode 204 with Cherry Chan. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I've got Cherry Chan back on the show. I think you were on the show like episode 91 or 92. It's been a while. You have really good memories. <laughs> <laughs> well, the accounting episodes, especially because people ask accounting questions, I'm like, go listen to this episode. So I had to like quote them and I would always say it's it's like that. It's 91 or 92. Mm, um, thank you. But I, And I do remember it was a good episode. So um, I don't think we've talked accounting since then on this show, oh. at least not with a... a professional accountant. So <laughs> this will be a treat. And I did just post a story on my Instagram asking people to tell send me questions, which I'll ask you. Oh, cool. cool. Okay. So but first off, um, so Irwin's your husband. He was on not too long ago. Mm -hmm. You guys just hosted another event. Yes. Care to tell me how that went and just remind people what it was? <laughs> yeah. So we just hosted Wild Hacker Conference at the Toronto Congress Center. We hosted about 800 investors okay. in this event. And we had Jesse Itzler, who is is a millionaire actually could be billionaire yeah because he's big time yeah yeah, yeah. so he uh, he was there and then i was told that he his speech was so amazing that many people actually cried really at the event okay yes. yeah yeah so wow yeah i would have liked so. to come uh <laughs> i'm still adapting to baby life not quite uh... oh yes i was gonna ask you how <laughs> how's the baby doing uh, he's doing well. He's a uh, handful. And uh, <laughs> and it's like one new thing every day. He's a constant danger to himself. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sure How you've been there. How old is he right now? 11 months. So, so eight. sleep through the night? No. But I mean, we wake up like once a night right oh, now. Oh, that's, that's really good. Most usually. He's yeah, actually yeah. been a little under the weather. Um, I don't know. He's teething and, you know, there's just one thing after another with him. Oh, so. Yes, for sure. For sure. For sure. For the first couple of yeah. years, it's tough. Yeah. So we're getting our groove better. But uh, I'm I'm I have so much respect for parents now having now <laughs> been through this. I'm like, I don't know how anyone does it more than once, but I mean, it must get easier. It has to. Otherwise, no one would ever do it again. <laughs> So the second one and the third one, is the third one's supposed to be really easy. The second one to me, I only you have experience. You guys stopped at two. <laughs> yes, we, we stopped at two. The second yeah. one was a lot easier. Yeah, okay. So And I hear like they can play with each other. So that, that'd be cool. Look, look forward to that. Looking back, actually, I looked at the parents who have one child. I see, sometimes I see challenges because they need to keep the kid company all they the always time. always have to, yeah. Yeah, I just kind of like, you guys go play over there by yourself. <laughs> you two go in that room, close the door. <laughs> yes, yes. They would literally just do that. Yeah. Now they wake up and read books. They don't bother us. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so mm -hmm. there's light at the end of the tunnel. We'll yes. <laughs> it's actually so much fun. It's just... You know, at night, it was like we, we clean up dishes and it's like, oh, bedtime. <laughs> we're finally cleaned up enough after dinner and then you have bedtime. So yeah. we're learning slowly. I mean, I also have a lot of respect for yeah. parents who choose to not have a lot of help. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, you guys do have help. That's great. I do we, we've been trying. We've had on and off help. We've, you know, had tried a couple of different nannies and uh, haven't quite found the fit yet, but mm. we're getting there slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but anyways, enough about that. Um, so obviously a huge event. You guys are uh, big time entrepreneurs. How do you find the relationship between you and Erwin works, you know, because you're both very big personalities in business, doing your own thing, uh, but also doing stuff together. How does that dynamic work? You guys make a good, you know, business partnership. Do you find you're more independent or more intertwined in what you're doing? We're very intertwined with what we do to a certain extent, because my my practice, my accounting practice focus on real estate investor and he serves real estate investor as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but his practice has more geographic focus and I, mine, I could reach all the way to Vancouver. I work yeah. with clients all the way to Vancouver. I have clients that are in Saskatchewan. So yeah. his would not have that big wide range. Mm -hmm. um, to a certain extent, I have an unfair advantage in terms of marketing just because in my niche, there are fewer accountants in my niche. So less right, competition. Yeah. In the real estate investing agent world, there's lots and lots popping yeah. up, right? The, the competition is so intense. Uh, for us, I think um, it's never easy to have business partner to begin with. I'm yeah. grateful that he's there mm -hmm. and he's taking a lot of... Um, am i allowed to swear sure <laughs> <laughs> so um he's taken a lot of shit from me so okay. we're not perfect we fight with each other there are tears at times mm -hmm. and i don't want to tell people that we're perfect by any means so every partnership has yeah, you know, has yeah. those challenges right and those kind of like make you stronger in a way right if you can't yeah. voice those problems then that's where you have a problem yeah then yeah. things blow up right yeah, yeah absolutely so like i mean for the most part we work really well together mm -hmm. uh he's easygoing on uh um, things that he likes to do in his business and things that i like to do in my business we just kind of go separate way mm -hmm. but then there are things that we do together for example the conference or we share marketing ideas and yeah those are really good so what about like the options trading? Are you doing that too or is it just his thing? So I started off option trading. Um, he started it off and then I learned and I did it for a while as well. Mm -hmm. But then right around the time, maybe three, four, five months in, I don't remember now, mm -hmm. um, my business actually took an other turn. Yeah. And at the time we work, we didn't work with a lot of realtor at the beginning, but we, because realtor were allowed to incorporate oh, at the that. Yeah. yeah, the prac. And as a result, so my, I was like super busy. Yeah, so you stopped doing the options. Yeah, trading, I stopped yeah. doing it. I mean, and I barely don't tried really, like, <laughs> you're tra he's trading for the house anyway, right? Yeah, so yeah. like you can kind of just let him do that, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you have a good basis of what it is though uh, and how to do it and all that. And truth to be told, that yeah. really gives us a, I guess, comfort level or enough knowledge mm -hmm. for us to handle the accounting side, the tax side. Of yeah, you have too. a pretty good grasp on how that mm -hmm. all works with that. And yeah. You can advise. That's actually handy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're doing that. And then as far as the event goes, like who who held, like who handled the majority of that planning? Was that Irwin's baby and you helped or vice versa? Uh, so actually it's both. <laughs> like <laughs> I would say he took on more toward the end. But then toward the very last minute, it's me and my team. So my accounting team are just like all over like Running prepping around. the last minute yeah. stuff. Uh, but a lot of helping sponsorship relationship, yeah. um, uh, promoting the event. Actually, Erwin did a lot, a lot of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Erwin likes, you know, he floats around networks. He yeah. does a great job with that. Yeah. And uh, he's more of the yeah. out there guy. <laughs> yeah. Get out there. <laughs> Yes. build the relationships yes. yeah he does a good job with that i'm more um if you're familiar with the um the business model the eos model what's it called eos on, yeah it's called entrepreneur operating system okay um if you follow that eos model there is a visionary every business would have a visionary and integrator yeah, yeah. integrator is kind of like ceo type visionary is sure. like like you come up with the idea and hand it off yes so he's more the visionary yeah i'm more of the integrator and then and then there would be other people so i wanted to get things yeah. done i feel like i'm more and more leaning towards just be the visionary of things yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, you need to look at your yeah. own personality and see how you work and to yeah. me learning that model really help us structure our business accordingly because yeah. mm -hmm. i don't really enjoy repetition I don't know. Some people yeah. love that. Like for me, like I don't. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I like to get something to the point where I'm good at it and then say, okay, next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I am a little bit of visionary too. Yeah. 
So I, I mean, within my own accounting firm, I am the visionary, and then yeah. there is another person that right. acts as the integrator, and she is yeah. amazing at what she does. She always okay. makes things happen. So you're delegating a lot of your business yes. in the accounting firm. Okay. Uh, the operation, yes, for sure. Marketing is still me. This episode is brought to you by Controlling Compound Financial. They teach real estate investors how to multiply their wealth using infinite banking strategies. For a complimentary wealth coaching session or to learn more, visit www.controllingcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines. This episode is brought to you by the Investing in the U.S. Mastermind hosted by myself and Nick Van Dyke. The event is being hosted on March 4th, 2023. We will be starting bright and early in the morning and we'll be going right through until the end of the day. There's so much jam-packed into this. Nick, what are a few things that people could expect out of the day? It starts off with like the very simple aspect of like how to buy a property in the U.S. So we're going to talk about short-term rentals, multifamily properties, self-storage, uh, syndications, which are a big thing in the U.S. On top of that, you're going to learn like the nuts and bolts of basically, you know, how to open up a bank account, ITINs, EIN, legal structure. We're going to have some accountants that are speaking, lenders on like how to get a mortgage in the U.S., whether you're going to get a mortgage from Canada or use a lender from the U.S. Part of this will be us sharing our experience, the people we've worked with, the connections we've made, uh, because ultimately we want to we want to shorten the learning curve. Both Nick and I have had our, our bumps and scrapes as we've gone through the learning process here, and we would love to just simplify it for people. If you're looking for more information, head to investinginthus.com. And for early action takers, the promo code EARLYBIRD can be applied at checkout for a 10% discount. Thanks. Now let's get back to the episode. So yeah, you're still yeah. the voice of the company. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that and and like I would say one of the things I enjoy most is is doing this kind of thing. Like yeah. you know, networking, meeting people, getting out, like um then the rest of the stuff I want to delegate for the most part. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's what entrepreneur does, right? Learn yeah. to delegate. And yeah, the art sure. is hiring people and leverage other people. In real yeah. estate world, it's just leveraging the money. Mm -hmm. In a traditional business sense, it's leveraging mm -hmm. people. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, your rental properties, is that you handling it, him handling it both? We both do different things. Different things. So I do the reconciliation. I make sure the rent is collected, chasing after the tenant. Okay. Um, he makes sure that uh, the big problems are solved. Okay. Like I wouldn't know, hey, is the roof really need to be replaced? Yeah. And he would say, okay, yeah, let's replace it. Oh, okay. And I'll get a quote. Like, do I know it is expensive or or should I look for mm. another quote? He would say, well, like, because he has inside yeah. the knowledge, right? Yeah, like, yeah. he's dealing with it on a daily he basis. He sees it a lot, yeah. yeah. So then he would be able to tell me okay. those things. Yeah. It's a good team. It's a good team dynamic you guys I have. I agree. I agree. We have a lot of mutual respect for each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very handy. I'm trying to get Jordan more into, like, what I do with, the, like, the rental properties and, like, the building in Florida and stuff. Yeah. Like, come work with me. We'll, we'll do it together. But sometimes it's not necessarily a good thing. Like, I have a... yeah. yeah. It, could, it might not be a mesh. And, yes. Uh, but I think it's worth a try. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's only, like, little bits and pieces that she enjoys, that would be awesome. Because I think that the cool thing is, like, spouses have the ability to see their spouse's blind spots. Like, because you know them. Yeah. Like you would know Irwin's blind spots, the things he might not notice and vice versa. And that's super helpful. That is. A, that's really, really true. Both partners would have to be um, mature enough to accept that. Yeah. The comments, right? Yeah, yes. The critique. <laughs> it is. A, you, you need yeah. to have certain maturity level to be able right, to accept yeah. that. Yeah. And I think I think so for Jordan and I, we've been together for what? I mean, 12 years now. I think we're kind of at that point where, you know, we know each other well enough that it's for the most part perceived as well-intentioned <laughs> awesome awesome but because i'm still learning like to me nothing's perfect <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to me it, it's really hard to like at time especially moment of heat heated debate, yeah heated moments yes and yeah it's 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 still a learning progress for well me. Yeah, I say my previous comment, but then also <laughs> on the other side of it is like when you know somebody so well, she's heard me say the same thing probably a million times yeah. and a lot of it's in one ear out the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Not her fault. I mean, I, no. I probably uh, say things repeatedly too much. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, that that is what it is, right? So, so you, do you guys, you find yourselves having that challenge sometimes where because it's coming from you, maybe it's not received the same way it would be from from somebody else. Or I guess that everybody has that to a degree. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
we have the same problem as every other couple on yeah. earth <laughs> a long-term relationship and uh, when you mix business and home life right but i mean i think that that's better because why would you want to spend all that time away from your spouse you know but we, then again some people need that as a refresh so yeah yeah every yeah, couple's yeah. Couple, different i mean i see a lot of uh, problems having yeah. people having problems also at work as well yeah. like even if they are not working with their spouse they would still have the same problem yeah exactly so mm -hmm. got to make it work either way so yeah what are the new initiatives that you guys are working on like what's what's coming down the pike right now we don't have any new plans no no new <laughs> no new wealth hacker conference no no yeah. no not nothing in the plans uh yet okay yet. Yeah. will you do it again because you've done it twice now I can't tell you. You don't know for at, sure yet? At this moment. It's kind of like I having kids, right? You got to give know. it some time. <laughs> I know. I know. I have, um, yeah. I've got it all out of my system now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like it is a huge undertaking, like yeah. whether financially or human yeah. resources perspective, it's not yeah. easy. Would you say that this one was a success? I think everyone thinks that it's a success. In my mind, I don't. Like, yeah, so for you, though, I, mean, I think a lot of the people who went probably do think so. Yeah, yeah. so to me, I think uh, I think we could have done better. Like, mm -hmm. we still think that we could have done better. And there are things that uh, could have gone different ways. Yeah. And it's just, it wasn't, it's just not done. Yeah, I mean, you're refining it, right? Mm -hmm, you've, mm -hmm. you've done it twice now. Obviously, each time you're going to tweak it, grow from it. Um, Probably so making the same mistake. You find yourself making the same mistake? <laughs> yeah, pay advertising doesn't work. At least not direct sale. No. I feel like with mm. that, it's just in the community. Yeah. Like things like what Erwin was doing, although he did it closer to the end. He came on, on this podcast. I think it launched a couple of weeks before your mm -hmm. event. Hopefully, you guys got some some uh, ticket sales out of that. Um, but I yeah, I think that that's mm -hmm. the way. Yeah, yeah, really in the community, right? Mm, yeah. Because those they're the ones that are going to be interested in it. Yep, and, absolutely. You know, like I think my audience is a lot of people who really care about personal development. Mm. Um, they're open minded. Uh, you know, because entrepreneurial mindset requires that. Like mm -hmm. you kind of got to be open minded to opportunities, to thinking about things differently. So, oh yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what your event yeah. will cater to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so very interesting. So yeah, kind of taking it easy. As far as like looking at the market, seeing what's happening, I mean, obviously uh, opportunities seem to be coming. Is that how you guys are looking at, at this next little bit, like potentially pick up some more rental properties or are you kind of cool with the status quo and what you've got? Uh, at the Wealth Hacker Conference, I presented kind of like a plan, like a projection mm -hmm. of what people would do. Like, I, I think, I know it is a little bit of reset in the real estate market. I see, I do see opportunities. I mm -hmm. see it as an opportunity as well. Uh, at the same time, I also feel like I wanted to remind people mm -hmm. that, you know, you can choose not to work as hard. You can choose not to buy the next property, even mm -hmm. even though it could be presenting at, yeah. presented as the next property. Uh, best thing yeah um you can choose not to do multifamily. you you don't have yeah. to necessarily jump into the next thing yeah uh, well a lot of people think they do right because yeah. they have it's not well, FOMO. FOMO, fomo yes but yeah. also it's um it's keeping up they want to keep up with you know the next investor that's showing off the number of units yeah i, I know i've never been a fan of the people showing off the number of units not just because my number of units never stacked up <laughs> but just it's all relative you could yeah. be a number of units negative cash flow and underwater yeah or exactly. you could be a number of units you know super positive cash flow and, and super enjoyable to manage yeah yeah well, what I don't want people, or at least I'm trying to use my own voice to mm. influence people, is to invest with a, an angle in mind, not yeah. just like chasing the next big thing. Because yeah. it ha happens. I see that all yeah. the time. And now we're, we have lots of clients who come to us and say, like, I think I'm going to sell this property. I don't think I can afford it. Or I'm negative cash flow, like $1,800 a month. What can I do? I don't wow. know how long I can last. Um, there are all these problems, not necessarily my problem, my personal problems, but we're yeah. hearing it and we're feeling it. And we, like our team feel really mm -hmm. bad when we hear all these stories. So you got these people who bought into cash flow neutral pro uh, product back oh. when rates were 2%, yes. taking variables, mm -hmm. and now they're they're up at like 6% and, and they're negative cash yeah, flow. Yeah, some of them already knew that they were going to go into a negative cash flow and then property. And more negative. It's just more negative now. Yeah. yeah. So to them, it is, it is, yeah. it is tough man yeah that's that's a tough one and 
it's almost like you have to skin your knee to really learn that lesson before it happening. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who just never been burned in real estate, because let's face it, for a lot who mm -hmm. got in, in the last five years, it's been sunshine and rainbows. Even if you had a bad contractor and had somebody Absolutely. steal your money, you still made money because the market went up so much. I don't know. I do have one client that's the exception. No, oh, there are exceptions. Yeah. I was one of the exceptions. <laughs> I mean, well, I got burned back in like 2012. But, mm. um, but it's... It's a tricky thing uh, that I think a lot of people are going to learn a hard lesson right now because they did buy into the markets yep. like Toronto speculating on value with negative mm -hmm. cash flow. And, uh, you know, it, it's not a good idea to speculate. Now people are, le are learning why. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think there is also a portion of the population that are really capable. They have the money. Mm -hmm. um, may not They may not have the cash flow immediately. Um, the presentation that I did at the Wealth Hacker Conference mm. is really showing, hey, like regardless of what you do in real estate, a lot of the time, the cash flow is not sufficient. Like one renovation, it only takes one renovation yeah. and it wipes out like years of cash flow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So all I'm saying is that when my clients come to me and ask me, hey, like how do I protect my investment income? Like, first of all, I don't know why he came to us to ask us as an accountant yeah. um but i told him like you should really diversify in terms of diversifying your income source not all in 100 percent in the real estate market yeah and you could have some sort some sort of like for example in our wealth hacker conference we presented mm -hmm. the Derek foster way of investing yeah so high dividend yield um stock yeah. and then invest in those and then there is a stagger stead, steady amount of dividend income that's coming in which mm -hmm. is yes it's not as high as 20 30 percent return in the real sure. estate market but the cash flow mm -hmm. is real cash the the real estate income is unless you constantly turn over the properties you don't see the cash flow yeah, well, it depends on on what price you bought it, how long you've owned it. I think cash flow is coming back. I mean, I think that there's a deal out there right now that is the cheapest it's going to be, and then there's a yep. there's also a bunch of deals in 24 months time that are probably going to be much cheaper. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it's 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 a potentially a bit of a waiting game for a lot of people, but I think cash flow is coming back in a big way. You think so? I do. I think initially you still don't see cash flow. Like it will maybe five years if you were to purchase yeah. in the next couple of Well, imagine buying years. a building potentially, and yeah. it could happen. I mean, certainly on a one-off basis, but a building that would have sold for a million for 250000 Like, I think that that's possible in the next two years. Yeah, that much, you think? Well, because the effect of the interest rate hikes takes so long to feel, and they've never increased interest rates so much in such a short span. Mm. It's going to take 24 months for each one of those increases to be felt fully, I think. This is my sort of arbitrary pin <laughs> that I'm going to put in. Uh, but think about it's the renewals, the, the 2017, 2018, 2.1, 2.5% mortgage rates renewing into 65 where they're like, oh, crap, I need to sell, start mm -hmm. listing. And then you have the ones that, oh, crap, I can't make these payments, start missing. And then they start uh, power sailing those properties. So then you, you we're just a trickle, trickle of supply hitting the market. And uh, sure, that'll be offset by immigration. So who knows where that lands? So this is why I, I give the caveat, I could be wrong about all of this. Uh, but in it, on its own, that would, that would stimulate supply significantly. And which supply and demand market, that drives prices down. We shall see. I'll come on the show again in two years and then see, hopefully shorter than two years, but I'll yeah. see like, how it is going to. <laughs> we'll do it in one. Um, <laughs> and I'd love to see the counter argument, right? Like I, it's it's tough to to pin where the competing forces yep. push, the, push, push the landing spot. Yep. That's right. Because the competing force, half a million people into the country yeah, yeah. in a year. So the the reality i think to a certain extent i see like people hesitant to buy like i mean everyone out there is suffering from the cost of boring being yeah. at the current level yeah um so i see that people are hesitant to buy and hesitant. very and very hesitant now. even with the higher amount of like historically high rental income mm. that you can generate it is so hard to find that cash flowing property at least in the short term that's why i think cash flow is coming back though because rents like in london for example 38 percent up year over year on one and two bedrooms 38 mm percent -hmm. that's wild um offsets a lot of the interest rate change yeah um, but then you will be more or less at the yeah so you're saying it'll just adjust proportionately very well may yeah. but 
when my counter argument for that is when you have more properties sitting, there's more chance for things to be overlooked. If there's more inventory on the market, there's more chance that people overlook something, you know, a property with a bad listing photo, maybe listed on the wrong. Uh, there are opportunities, yeah. but yeah. there. But I was also told, yeah. believe it or not, I have a friend from Yale and he said that, yeah, before um, before this whole interest rate hike, he's first time home buyer. Before the interest rate hike, um, I see maybe four to six listings every week mm -hmm. in the area that he's interested in. Now that net now is one in every ten days, okay. one new listing. Okay. So the the supply actually drastically drop as well. Okay. Seeing That's supply. It. Where is this this person uh, from? The Toronto. Okay. So he's seeing supply of, of new listings come down as well. Substantially. Interesting. This yeah, as you said, we will see where things plan yeah. out. Because I like to have this open debate. Um, yep, I think it's absolutely. important that people think about the factors and make educated decisions, mm -hmm. and 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 of course be discerning. And I think now more than ever, buy for your fundamentals. Yeah, right? yeah like yeah, yeah. buy knowing you're happy to keep that property for a long time absolutely. if you need to, because you like that property. You absolutely. like managing that property, or you think you can handle managing it. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Cherry. What's new on the accounting front? Has anything changed? I know you mentioned Prex for. For real estate agents, which I'm sure many listen to this show and probably all <laughs> decided to get a prec. Um, so that for, for somebody who's not familiar, that's that's basically a corporation for a realtor. They never could yeah. do that before. In Ontario. They in were Ontario. never able to do it uh, in Ontario until 2020. So that's not new, new, but that okay. was a couple of years old. Yeah. yeah. So that was probably existing from, from back then too, yeah. uh, when mm -hmm. you were on last time. Uh, yeah, so that's a huge advantage. They can pay their active tax rate of like 12 and a half, is it? 12.2% in the corporation, yes. That's that's a lot better than like 50 some odd percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. If they do care, careful careful planning, they could also use the after-tax fund yeah. to uh, to pay more, uh, to buy more properties in a different corporation. Right, yeah. So if mm -hmm. the structure was done right, if they had a, a corporation above their PREC, mm -hmm. they you can, can do, do that. that. Yes. You can do that. So they could pass dividends up tax-free mm -hmm. and then yeah. redistribute that and buy properties. Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah. cool opportunity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. A lot of tax deferral opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people just need a good accountant to go over their strategy. Yeah. And there are more more uh, tax uh, changes that ha that's happening. Okay, so um, tax changes that affect real estate investors. Because I do have some questions, but I will hold on those because I want to kind of go over <laughs> high level with you first. Yeah, so there are so many of them. It's not even funny. I actually dedicated yeah. the entire hour last night doing a presentation <laughs> on that. Oh, yeah? Um, so the first one is the, um, the anti-flipping rule. I okay. call it anti-flipping rule. Yeah. Essentially, the government uh, budget 2022 requires uh, anyone who... Uh, holds a property that's less than 365 days, regardless whether you live in the property or not, um, the profit that you make from the sale of the property would be considered uh, profit, 100%. Active income? Yeah, business okay. income. So 100% What about in the corporation? Doesn't really change anything in that uh, regard? Yeah, if it is in the corporation, it's only taxed as 12.2%. Yeah. But if it is in the personal name, yeah. then it's being added to your personal so, income. So for the active flippers out there, this makes no difference because they were already considering it active income. Exactly. Yeah, so this is going to make a difference to somebody who kind of played the gray area and mm -hmm. lived in it for a little bit and said, this is my home and made money. Not just that, yeah. right? Like, uh, I think some investors are trying to file mm -hmm. everything under capital gain. Capital and, gain, okay. Yeah, a lot of the, you are the sophisticated one. Yeah. Um, actually, a lot of people who think that, well, selling a property means yeah. that you pay capital gain tax. They don't necessarily think that yeah. there is an opportunity. There is a requirement to actually file it as active business income. Yes, the vultures will come if you don't uh, do it. <laughs> you know who I mean. Um, yeah, I've I've gotten one of those letters. Hey, we uh, we saw that you've sold a lot of properties, and we yep. want uh, we want you to fill out the survey. And it was the most painful uh, work, like just absolute waste of hundreds of hours of my time. Mm -hmm. um, you sending in information and then request on top of request. And um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend going through that. I think. You know, for, from my experience, the thing that triggered the audit was it was a lot. It was done early on in my personal name, mm. and that just made me a like a, an obvious target. Yeah, I think the corps are 
looked at differently and this is like i don't know for sure this is just my thought and you could probably uh, say what you've seen more mm -hmm. of but i think these probably come a lot more on the personal side for people yes, doing it it is true and i think because they assume if you're doing it personally you're not quite as polished as somebody who's doing it in a corp probably don't have as many of your ducks in a row mm. and are more likely to be doing things a little by the book mm. so to speak maybe yeah maybe, maybe i'm speculating maybe. so yeah. like well the reality is since 2015 march 2015 cia has recovered over 1.2 billion dollars uh from ontario audits alone mm. and then that's the same amount that they recover from bc audit during the same period 1.2 billion in ontario 1.2 wow. billion tax revenue in uh bc so that those are a big number that's a lot of pain yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of pain for a lot of people yeah absolutely yeah. so yeah. like some of these rule changes are mm -hmm. meant to essentially clarify so yeah. then there is no confusion there is no gray area so that's 365 okay. days well the same rule apply in the past whether you live like whether it is 365 days or yeah. beyond 365 days of ownership now they just slash like draw a line they in just the put sand. a hard line on it yes. yeah they were still going to come after people who did it and, yes. and yeah, reassess them and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even if you own it before, uh, longer than 365 days, doesn't mean that it's automatic yeah, capital yeah. gain. So, um, But right now, they just want to make it easier. 365 days and less, yeah. for sure, you're going to be business, but only for gain. If you lose money, they still go back to the gray area and say like, hey, maybe you are really having capital loss, <laughs> not business loss. So I'm that's, just not going to comment on that part. <laughs> <laughs> that's the number one uh, change. The number two yeah. change is the assignment uh, fees that you in you could make from selling pre-construction homes. Okay. So in the past, HST would be um, charged mm -hmm. based on the intention. So if you let's just go back if you buy you enter into an agreement from, with the builder to purchase a pre-construction home yeah and then you pay let's say the home is eight hundred thousand. you pay the builder eighty thousand dollars now you turn around before closing you sell it to someone a third party for nine hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. so now the assignment fee is called nine hundred thousand, yeah. right but then you pay eighty thousand dollars to the builder already so you also want to get reimbursed yeah. by the builder uh, by the purchaser so in the past and up until May of this year, CLA would say, so you need to pay HST on the $100,000 assignment fee. Mm -hmm. You also need to pay HST on the $80,000 reimbursement yeah. from the buyer of your assignment, which okay. doesn't make sense because $80,000 formed the original your money. Yeah, yeah. original purchase price. So they say that, well, with the new rule change, we don't need to do that. And um, the assignment fee, if it was, um, if your original intention was to move into the property, then there is no HST charge on the assignment mm -hmm. fees. Now they said, doesn't matter now, I don't care. If you sell it on assignment, mm -hmm. HST is applicable. There is no going back to gray area. So that's the second change. Interesting. Does any of this make you want to invest internationally? <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. We'll get there. We'll get, we'll there. get there. And then uh, the third change. I'm sorry, because I just did the all no, the presentation. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. Um, uh, last night, so it's still fresh on my mind. Um, there's this underuse uh, tax reporting thing going on. Underuse. Yeah. What does that mean? Underused vacant home. So it's really targeting foreign investor, right? Okay. So essentially the foreign investor, um, Canadian citizen and Canadian tax resident would be exempted on, for filing. Right. Uh, but right now, the legislation that's being written right now, uh, Canadian private corporation is not excluded, uh, excluded filer. So they would still, it's not part of the exclusion. So Canadian private corporation would still have the filing obligation, but they are exempted from the tax. Mm -hmm. So right now there is still a filing obligation going on if you own your uh, properties through a corporation. Ah, that's why my uh, yeah. lawyer was saying we have to file something. Yeah, it Like could. I never had to do this in the past. What yeah, is this? It's coming yeah. April 30th. The form hasn't been even released. How oh, to file okay. it, they haven't known. They oh, haven't let anybody okay. know. There's more. This must be something else. Yeah, I mean. Oh, there's another one. Yeah, that's probably the other one. <laughs> the other one ha is not effective yet, so don't worry. It got delayed. So this is trust reporting. So um, 
if you think that well I don't have a family trust this would not be applicable to me that's how I thought too so that's why I always tune in majority of our clients don't use family trust so I was never really paying attention to the trust mm-hmm. update but this new trust rule that's supposedly um, to be effective end of this year but they delayed it about about a month ago the draft mm-hmm. legislation just got released first draft so okay. um they decided to delay it to for um to be eff- to become mm-hmm. effective next december okay now um so what happened is that uh if you use a trust agreement to purchase a property in trust for a corporation okay then you have that trust reporting uh obligation okay. so now you have to file a trust return every single year for that trust, every time you have a trust agreement. So yeah. every trust agreement is an individual trust that you set up. So you have to do that filing. Is it like, do you know how significant of a filing this will be yet? Or is this like, it might just be a one pager or this actually will be a, a significant return? It it could be simple, but it's still yeah. cost of filing, like cost of yeah. maintaining the business, yeah. right? Um, but to a lot of people who purchase properties in their own name and have corporation really report all the income uh, expenses um, assets and liabilities this could be huge for real estate investors right so if you have joint venture that would be also a trust and this as of right now the legislation that's being written um, they also this whole trust reporting also cover Mm -hmm. a situation where a mom an elderly mom adding the son into the on title for their mm-hmm. home because she's getting older. She wants someone to take care of the administrative work. But okay. she he's the son is really on title just to deal with this paperwork. He doesn't really own the property. The mm-hmm. mom is still the true owner. So that's still a trust relationship. Yeah. And that type of relationship would still require a reporting. <laughs> and this is current, yeah. current. And it's I not mean, at the end of the day, if you got a good team, like a lot of this stuff doesn't need to be a big deal. Uh, yeah, but they're still cost. It's it's beyond annoying. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, I'm sure people know my personality with this stuff enough. I won't elaborate beyond that. But um, yeah, so so obviously those are some of the changes. Um, is there more like that's right on kind of the tip of tip of your mind here? Top of uh, mind. So a, a couple more, but those are minor. Ones. Those are those are the okay. So these are the big ones that's going to kind of change what it costs to do business in Ontario and in Canada. Yeah. Um, also, um, yeah, US ahead. US also has some reporting requirement that's up, yeah. upcoming if you have US corporation and yeah. still requires you to do additional reporting in terms of beneficial ownership and all yeah. that. Yeah, so that is also coming. Like, it's not just a Canadian thing. I think yeah. the USI has also yeah. started the same thing as well. Okay, and do you have... Um, like, what do you do with your clients that are investing in the U.S.? Do they have somebody, you have somebody that you refer them to that handles yes. the U.S. part yes. of the business? Yes, right now we do, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I, I did, I know some of the questions I received were, were U.S. related. Um, you know, just people wanting to know uh, sure. s- some some of the stuff and the implications. Um, just on that note, because I think I remember the nature of the question, implications for people um, who own U.S. property. I mean, I know you have to tell them if it's over hundred grand. It's more than that. <laughs> and there's a lot more than that. Yes. I mean, I let my accountant handle this. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But I'd love for you to, to, to tell it in detail. So from a Canadian tax perspective, uh, depending on how you own the U.S. properties, and not just U.S., to be honest, mm-hmm. like people yeah. nowadays invest everywhere, like Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. I have clients investing in Europe. So okay. um, so anytime that you are you own the property in uh, outside of Canada or any investment also of Canada you that's over a hundred thousand dollars you Canadian uh, you have to report it mm-hmm. uh, on your return um, and as Canadian tax resident you're also re- required to report worldwide income if you receive income from that property and net of expenses mm-hmm. you have to report it accordingly yeah. so those are pretty much the minimum now if right. you own your investment or your properties via a corporation you're supposed to report that corporation um ownership on your tax return right so if you have a Cana- um if you have a canadian corporation only a mm-hmm. u.s corporation your canadian corporation is required to file the form uh to report that uh, corporation's yeah. holding 
And then also, if the corporation invests in property and generate income from properties, mm-hmm. then you are mm-hmm. supposed to also report it on the Canadian form. Yeah, and tell Canadian government that hey, like I pay this much tax in this U.S. corporation, yeah. and, and then, then you get a credit for it. You yeah. get a credit if you do it right. Like there's ways yeah. to do it wrong, and you can't get the credit. Yeah. yeah, and then then afterwards they would bump up the tax if you don't pay enough. Yeah, so yeah. they. In, in odds are, like uh, for the U.S. relationship, you're probably not going to pay as much tax in the U.S. as you would, you know, if you did the same calculation in Canada. So it's like you're going to pay a portion in the U.S. Yes. and then pay more in Canada. But it'll be yeah. like they'll calculate the difference. Yeah. The complication comes into yeah. different roles and different entities. I've seen clients yeah. who come to us and ask us, oh, I wanted my... U.S. lawyer wanted to set up this LLC. They want the thing. LLC, which is just uh, yes. don't do that. I'll just say that for now. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then people would yeah. come to us like, "Why are you telling me not to do that? Why do you want me to set up this LP structure? Yeah, I don't understand. This yeah. is so much more costly." And I'm it's like, "Way Whoa. more costly, way more complicated." But it uh, from CRA IRS relation, it, yes, you get the tax treaty at a benefit. Otherwise, with the LLC, you're going to pay taxes under the LLC. And get no credit for that in Canada yes. is my understanding. Yes, yes, absolutely. So unless you want to be double taxed, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yes, I've heard so many people oh, set up the LLC. Well, I guess you'll just have to convert it into an LP. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or do a new one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, that's that's definitely a good point to make. Um, I made the mistake first time I went into the States setting up the, the wrong structure. Thought, hey, I'll, I'll do this. I don't know why. I was very naive. Um, but yeah, of course, get talk to the right expert. Yeah. Talk to somebody who knows, make you make sure you're set up in the right way. The the thing is a lot of people just go to the states yeah. and there are states is uh it's has a lot of opportunities, but then the people that work there only know the state side. Yeah, yeah. They don't exactly. know dual Well yeah, you yeah. talk to anybody down there, they'll be like, What are you doing with an LP? Yeah. Like exactly. I'm like the I'm the weirdo with the LP yeah. in Florida. Yes. <laughs> like, why do you have this? Uh, like, why? Like, the lenders are asking. I don't get it. Why? I'm like, it's for tax treatment. Just chill. I'm the only owner of it. Like, mm-hmm. they want who's the partner? I'm. It's me and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I know, I know. It's hard to understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I draw it out for them, yeah. even though it's really simple. Uh, so there are. I would call those hoops to jump through. I mean, when people ask, like, what are the implications? Yes, there's there's obviously more to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at a high level, that's something to consider. Although that's not for everybody because some people want to own with a corporation and yep. then and then maybe an LLC would be appropriate. Uh, it gets more or complicated. Or a C-Corp. Uh, C-Corp. Tre- treated yeah. like a C-Corp is yeah. what you would want. Yeah, yeah. C-Corp. Um, and, and there are times and place for that, and mm-hmm. but you just need to understand the ins and outs. Yeah. Uh, I work with uh, an investor and we just recently helped her set up some structure and it came down to, hey, like the best way to own it, she has specific reasons and objective the mm. best way to do it is really have a c-corp directly owned by her typically we don't do that mm-hmm. uh but there are certain objectives she's planning to move to the states yeah. like everyone's situation is a little bit different mm-hmm. so the advice would be different too right yeah if you were if you were immigrating uh depending on when you knew you were going to be there and if you weren't going to be coming back to canada then yeah you might you might yeah. not worry about that tax treatment Absolutely. in canada mm-hmm. yeah uh and then of course like i think the big big one and i know somebody i'm not going to name drop but um he wanted to take money that he had in his corp down. So he used his corp to buy shares. In a yeah, exactly. There, That's right? also, it also plays into the role as well, right? Like yeah. Some people are just like, you're wrong. Like yeah. you said that uh, people said that you could do LLP. And I'm like, well, first of all, LLP in the States are really only for professionals. Yeah, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. So like people don't really understand. That's what I did. I'm like, yeah. I want limited liability. I don't want the limited partnership. I yeah. want the limited liability. Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that was me, you know, circa 2012. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, you, we, you made all the mistakes and now you're yeah. on the right track. Yeah, second time around, I, I, I knew better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yes, exactly. Um, don't assume anything with any of this stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Pay, pay for good good uh, counsel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is the way I would suggest that. I think one thing that I wanted to caution people is that um, I think you, it sounds like you've invested in the U.S. for a while. Yeah, second time around, started started again last year. Mm, but yeah. yeah, first time 2012. Yeah, so it, like, I just wanted to caution people on uh, foreign exchange currency, mm-hmm. foreign currency exchange risk. Yeah. I know it's, those, are, those are big terms. I yeah. used to uh, be responsible to report the gain and loss on these contracts. <laughs> 
I could see that、yeah. your your son is playing. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, it's not you. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I can't. I would not take it personally、yeah. by no means. Yeah. But I know my topic is drive. <laughs> I, I think this is really valuable.、Um, so the、um, uh, one piece, like I have a client who. Was considering setting doing something bigger in the states. Wanted to raise fund and and buy apartment buildings、mm-hmm. in the states. And I and I said I said to her the first thing I said to her is like you have to consider this foreign currency exchange risk thing because、yeah. right now it's one point four close to one point four less than 1.35 just five ish yeah. yeah so like you really need to think about hey your dollar is not really a dollar over there yeah yeah but people. Don't usually think about that. But how are you thinking of the risk? Because I think、uh, you know a big risk would be the volatility if you borrowed here to buy something there, and then you know say change swung enough that you couldn't pay out your loan.、Uh, that would not be good.、Um, like those are kind of some of the things I see as a as a, a potential risk. Is、yeah. are you are you thinking something beyond that? Yeah. So、um, well, all of our initial capitals would be Canadian, right? Yeah. So.、Um, Whatever your initial capital, the bigger the initial capital、uh, taken from your Canadian dollars to、mm-hmm. U.S. dollars,、um, the bigger the risk, right? So if you have less initial、mm-hmm. capital, then your foreign exchange exposure would be less. The reality is not about paying down the mortgage. If depending on your investment horizon, if it ever goes back to one point two or even one point one, I've seen people on paper on U.S. dollar side, it makes money. But、mm-hmm. once it's converted back to Canadian, they, they lose money.、Anything. Yeah, yeah.、Um, I've also seen、mm-hmm. people who made close to nothing,、mm-hmm. but because of foreign currency exchange, yeah,、uh, and they bought it close to two thousand and early two thousand and ten, then they made money because right,、yeah. of foreign currency exchange, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was you know some of the stuff I I moved over. I I don't remember. I got better rates than it is now.、Yeah. You know, low one point two. Yeah. So you actually made money now if yeah, you converted I mean, everything. Unrealized. Back. Yeah, yeah. Unrealized, yeah. but yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let's go through some of these questions. Yes,、sure. there are others, and I, I imagine some of the answers are going to take a little while. So we we, we should get <laughs> into them. Uh, so what's the best route to take when looking to start a corporate structure? I mean, I think there's so many. Additional follow-up questions that need to be asked there. Yeah, absolutely. So there are like six, seven questions that we routinely ask our、uh, our clients who come in for consultation to decide whether they should set up corporation or not.、Yeah. What are your investment strategies? What are your investment、yeah. horizon? What are your bigger goals? If you're buying only one property and it's a、yeah. condo, single-family home, may not be、yeah. worthwhile. Where's the money coming in from?、Mm-hmm. Um, some people have. Businesses to begin yeah, with, yeah, and if then, you don't want to take it out personally, exactly, yeah. yeah. So there are a lot of follow up questions that need to happen. I know, not that、yeah. I want to dodge your question. No, no, no. I、yeah. no, I, I'm calling that out right、yeah. as I see it. So this just came in. So、um, I, I would 100% agree.、Um, I also had somebody, and it's a it's a related question who asked, you know, when when's the right time to stop buying properties in your personal name?、Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a that's a dual answer between your mortgage broker and your accountant. Yeah, absolutely.、Uh, your mortgage broker is probably going to tell you it makes a heck of a lot more sense to start building in the corp early.、Uh, because, really? Well, it's going to weigh you down. Like, say you want to go、yeah. buy your own home and you've got 20 properties in your personal name. Good luck. Yeah. Versus you sell all those properties to a corporation. Now all of a sudden you're back to scratch. <laughs> yes, you are. You、yeah. don't have any liability in your name. The、yeah. thing, the reality is that、I'll, I hear different story from. Yeah. Mortgage brokers. It depends. Like, yeah, they would. It depends on the、clients. lenders they work、yeah. with. A lot of brokers can't work well. I mean,、um, in the broker world, there's like only one or two lenders that. Well, so TD will still work with brokers, but it's not the same treatment as if you worked with a mobile specialist.、Mm. Scotia will work with brokers, and I believe in National the corporation Bank, too. Scotia, not with the corporation. So, so you can close a property in a corporation if you work with somebody that directly works for Scotia.、Mm. But if you go through the broker, you can't. And so there's not equal treatment. So I think a lot in the broker world is they'll speak from the paradigm that you know of who they have access to. So it, it does skew the answer, and I like、yeah. to call that out. You know, coming from that that world is that、um, you do have to understand that if a broker can't get paid from a certain option, if they're not willing to charge you a fee, they may just not even tell you that option. <laughs> I have、uh, yeah. I have a broker、um, who worked with one of our clients, and we said that if because the clients has. Big plans to buy like ten properties.、Mm-hmm. So I said like you should set up a corporation because you have the plan to buy ten properties.、Uh, set up the corporation. Went to the mortgage broker. The mortgage broker said 
Like, why did you set up a corporation? Your accountant just wanted you to set up the corporation to make the money. Mm. And like, I was so upset at the mortgage broker. Depends on the goal. Like, what's the yeah. goal? Like, if the, your goal is to acquire, you know, 20 properties or go past 10 even, yeah. like even past five, yeah. you're going to start having trouble at five. Yeah, so, exactly. So uh, if your goal is to go past five, I think there's, there's give it thought. Talk, yeah. to, talk to your accountant, talk to your mortgage broker. But that I think that's, if your plan is to go there, then you might as well get the corpse going early. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then people often have this misconception that, hey, like people say that, oh, I don't realize any tax benefit until uh, I have two or three properties. And so I will wait until I have two, mm -hmm. two three properties before, before setting up the corporation. But yeah. the reality is you need to have those two to three properties inside a corporation. Yeah. So, and yeah. then by that point, like you may just want to buy one more or two more, then is it worth yeah. it? Like. Well, I mean, I think to a degree, and we talked about this before, mm -hmm. I think last time you were on, um, you pay a higher tax rate in the corp, but then if you pay a dividend to yourself, you get yeah. a credit back. So it yeah. works out to be about 20%. Yeah. Whereas people are, you know, doing it personal income, you're paying it at 50%. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but, it, you know, in the corp, you know, 50% can be hard to swallow. Um, you don't really pay the you don't really, but, yeah, you as long as you dividend yourself yeah. something. You also pay. And you can do capital cost allowance exactly. to write down your income. There's a lot of things you can yeah, do. Yeah. So um, I think here's the takeaway I have from it is people who grow big use corpse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like that's just a fact. So, yeah. um, you know, take that and use that as you will. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, okay. So there isn't a right time universally. I think it, it comes down to goals. There's yeah, a bunch of exactly. bunch of qualifying questions. Um just the classic, when should I incorporate? Oh, same thing. Okay, we're not getting there. We're not doing that again. Uh, is it worth it? The accounting profession only half joking. <laughs> <laughs> so is it worth to... So somebody's asking you, is it was it worth it going into the accounting profession, I guess? <laughs> oh, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. But like... I I don't I don't know what kids these days I don't know who was asking yeah, that yeah. questions but what the do, like yeah. whatever you do you don't stop yeah your education and stop there right like yeah. you progress from there and become a different person then. yeah when you're probably constantly growing in yeah your profession exactly and learning yeah. and like changing okay so charging HST outside of Ontario um, this is actually a relevant one to me too mm -hmm. uh, my understanding is that if somebody has no presence in Ontario, mm -hmm. like so somebody was in Montreal or mm. Quebec, then I, I would only be required under like HST rules, I would charge GST. Yes. If they have no Ontario presence. Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, I think it goes uh, a little bit beyond that. I actually just went through a PD course on GST and HST. GST and HST, by the way, follow a different... Uh, tax act it's called excise tax act mm -hmm. so it's not income tax act yeah um there are specialists who work just with excise yeah. tax act as yeah. well um so the reality is uh sometimes it depends on your presence in the other uh provinces yeah, if you as have well a presence there too. um okay. and and then if you're yeah. doing amazon business uh the distributor then it's a different level of charging yeah. so it gets a little bit more complicated as well okay so i just gave it a really simplified okay so mm -hmm. talk to your accountants is the answer there i'm sorry. so sorry <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Like there's nuance. So yeah. as uh, as I would expect. So um, we already talked about tax consequence of owning U.S. property. Didn't really sound so much about a consequence. I think the biggest consequence is needing to file in the U.S. That's and it's also extra fees. What's yes. that? Also in Canada too, right? Yeah, you got to so. file on both sides for what you're doing. You have to keep track of it in your books. Like there's, there's, there's things to do. Um, this is a good question. How to offload things to a bookkeeper? Like what yeah. do you tell your clients? A lot of our clients are smaller. They don't. Yeah. And some sometimes they do. I think the best thing to do um, before you do anything is to have your own... Uh, I'm going to swear again. Have your own shit organized. Yeah. So, and going through like, um, if you own your properties in your personal name, yeah. uh, have it all in one, uh, yeah. at least multiple bank accounts or one bank account for one, corp uh, one property, that yeah. kind of thing. It makes your whole offloading a lot yeah. easier a yeah, lot keep simpler your stuff in, in yes. one account um yeah try and i mean ha try and have like a quickbooks online or equivalent yes and, to, and actually use it <laughs> yes um i think this the first step is really to have that system set up uh, and you know where the money comes in and goes yeah. and then when your bookkeeper uh take over 
the simplest form is to yeah. give them your bank statements, and yeah. they would be able to create the books for you. To yeah. probably ninety percent of the time, yeah. if you have any other cash extra expenses, yeah. then you will have to give the receipt to them. So I'll give some tricks that I have sort of learned. I have so per corporation or whatever yeah. an email address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any invoices that come in, they go yeah. there. My bookkeeper. Um, so say for our camp. Um, he goes in and he he logs into all our different platforms, downloads the yep. data, gets the invoices and matches everything up and then stores it in a Google Drive. Yeah. I mean, like the actual PDFs. Yep. Uh, that's sort of and I think like the feedback I've gotten is that our, we're like, you know, goals level of of organization. Mm-hmm. I'm not that organized everywhere, but that's in that specific yeah. instance. Yeah. Um, and I knew just because of the number of transactions, we couldn't play around. Mm-hmm. We had to be very on the ball with yeah. with what we were doing. Yeah, absolutely. But the smaller ones, I think people get the uh, the feeling that they can play around a bit yeah. because oh, there's not that many transactions. Yeah, it's amazing what eight months will do when you're trying to think of what something was and you can't figure out what that invoice was. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's a couple of years. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's even better when yeah. that happens. Let's just see if there were any other questions. Unfortunately, I didn't think to put this story out until a little bit more recently. Oh, no, there's a bunch more. <laughs> okay, so HELOC use, tax applications, interest payments, deductions. Oh, the Smith maneuver. I People make that into such a big deal. If you're borrowing money for an investment purpose, you can write it off. Is that is that a fair assessment? Uh, 90%, yes. Yeah. Um, so you have to qualify that investment as a tax taxable income if you have to earn taxable yeah. income so okay. if it is purely or uh, invest in something that would generate capital gain then the interest is not tax deductible yeah. um, the other thing is that people also uh, would ask questions such as like if i borrow money to contribute my tfsa well mm-hmm. to them it's still investment but the reality yeah. is because it's tfsa is tax-free oh, so yeah. again so that, interest is not, not deductible. Work. yeah 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 Okay, so but from an uh, from a rental property standpoint, that's a yes. pretty that's a pretty standard thing. People will borrow a portion. I think the the big thing that you would probably tell them is you know separate it as a separate portion of your mortgage. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. use like the Scotiabank step where you have yep. a portion that's specifically for that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. while well, some people refinance, and then the bank would tell them, why don't you merge two together? And yeah. the follow up question to it is the portion that was originally HELOC. Yeah. You can still prorate your interest rate interest yeah. uh, deduction accordingly. You just need to do the yeah. Operation. You have to do the math. Yeah, yes. I have some some that I've done the math like that yeah, before exactly. I knew better. <laughs> I was yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can do it that way too if you keep track. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I, can't, I won't be able to go go through all of these, but uh, what was another one? There was another good one. Oh yeah, property in personal name, but renting it on Airbnb. Uh, does it make sense to open a corp for the Airbnb? Can that be considered active income? An Airbnb? It's hospitality. So um, yeah, like so, this is a huge topic. <laughs> The reason is because if you rent out a property on Airbnb on short-term rental and you do it consistently and you're not using it your, as your personal residence or you don't do any mm-hmm. uh, longer-term rental, yeah. um, the, on the sale of your property, you uh, not necessarily on the sale of the yeah, on the sale of your property or on the moment that at the moment when you convert it back to long-term rental or convert it to yeah. personal use, there is a HST implication. Yeah, and that's that's a super super concerning, um, very damaging uh, implication. So, and I've heard that some accountants have a have a workaround on this. In your opinion, is there a valid workaround on that? I kind of know what the workaround is. I think if CIA really digs into it, I yeah. mean, we do the workaround. Yeah, it's just that if CIA does really look into yeah. it and look through all the corporate structure, yeah. So your corporate structure might be to have a separate corporation that's actually doing the renting. Yeah. So that separate corporation might rent the property on a monthly lease. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's sort of what I figured was the workaround. Yeah, but then yeah. it's is it a truly yeah, workaround? Yeah, there's not truly arm's length. Yeah. So, so then they would say, oh, yeah, still. Yes. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I always advise my clients there's yeah. that risk. Uh, what they do is up to them. Okay, so I had told somebody I would ask this question, so I got to make sure I ask it. Okay, I'm a new real estate investor considering my first transaction, considering JVing with various components of the transaction per an agreement. Um, where I'm not clear is how taxes are typically treated on capital gains. Whose responsibility are they? How are they typically handled uh, when a property is sold? And what is your experience? So our experience is that it goes back to that 
JV agreement that they sign. It really goes back to how、yeah. they split the money.、Um, so if it's that person's first deal, if it's possible, I would not try to do that JV thing. Okay. Initially, for your first one, you do it on your own. But if you do, like you do, like if you are the one that hey, like I really do need those help, like qualifying for、mm-hmm. financing and all these things, and you don't have a choice, then you would have to navigate through all these hoops. So,、yeah. um, in a typical, let's use a really traditional, the、um, typical joint venture arrangement. Let's say I'm the、uh, sweat equity partner and you're the money partner,、mm-hmm. and we agree to split the cash flow, um, fifty fifty. Okay. We agree to split、uh, all the cash fifty fifty,、yeah. uh, upon sale in、yeah. five years. So the very um very traditional type of uh situation. So fifty percent of the gain will be reported by me, and fifty、yeah. percent of the gain will be reported by you. But how is it a gain? Oh yeah, I guess I was just gonna say like the sweat equity partner. Doesn't actually put any money in,、yeah. but can still have a gain. Still reports the purchase at a certain level、yeah. and reports yeah, the sale. It doesn't yeah, matter yeah. how they financed it, debtor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. joint venture deal is not at not necessarily、yeah. at the smaller scale that we have, right? Yeah, it's very common in the real estate world, like whereby one person,、uh, typically the land owner, yeah, they would be the one that's contributing the land, and they don't want to necessarily pay the land transfer tax on fair market value to、yeah. sell it. And so, what they would do is that they would then form、yeah. a joint venture with the actual builder, okay, and then they they together do their division of profit and everything.、Mm-hmm. So it, again, it goes back to what your joint venture agreement、yeah. says. Like maybe the day to day, I keep all the profit because I do、mm-hmm. all the work, and it's not a lot、yeah. of money. You don't care if you get any of the cash flow during the、uh, during、yeah. the. Uh, rental period,、um, the ownership. So then I report hundred percent of the income and expenses. Okay, so regular, it goes back to that too. So yeah, keeping keeping it simple. Look at what it says. You're going to need to be reporting whatever based、yeah. on whatever it says. But of course, talk to your accountant to make sure、Absolutely. that you're reading it correctly.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see what you're getting at. The reason not to do it is, it, you know, that's a cost to pay your accountant to make sure that everything's in line. And then sometimes、yeah. some. Joint venture agreements not that well written. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other thing. Yeah, go、exactly. get a lawyer who does it all the time, and and or they、yeah. are super well written, all in this lingo yeah, that you can't lingo. understand. Yeah, exactly, no, it needs to be like、yes. legible, like like layman's terms.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, there's uh, there's a lot there. Okay, so there's wide range. <laughs> okay, anything else before we wrap up that you wanted to touch on? Um, no, I I think we cover a lot. Yeah, we went we went over a lot of key topics, kind of surface level,、um, mm-hmm. and I, I think gave people some perspective, and、uh, from there that they'll they'll at least have a direction of what they should ask their accountant. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So where do people find you, reach you, follow you? Yeah, so I、uh, I do a weekly blog post, and、um, you can sign up on my blog, specifically related to real estate tax tips, and、uh, yeah. it's the website is realestatetaxtips.ca. Real estate tax tips. Is that your YouTube channel as well? So yes. So my YouTube channel.、Uh, I'm on YouTube. So we do release a video、uh, once a week, and、okay. it's YouTube.com/slash/realestatetaxtips. Okay. And I'm also on Instagram. It's also real estate tax tips. Real estate tax tips. All right. So that's easy to find. Yes. <laughs> People will remember that. That's that's good. Good choice of handle. And and uh, uh, for the old folks out there like me. <laughs>、uh, Old folks that use still use Facebook.、Okay. Uh, it's Facebook.com real estate tax tips. I, I thought、think. you were gonna say like in the yellow pages.、Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I had like my friend's son, fourteen、uh, year old. He literally said that. Oh, so for old people that use Facebook, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I find myself not really using Facebook anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I you know what? My, my happy place is.、Uh, You know, with my phone not next to me, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I just、go. more as I age, I just get lean lean to that direction. But anywho, okay. Well, thank you very much for、uh, for、so、coming much, over,、man. Cherry. Again, and it's always great to have your updates and your insight.、Yeah. And、uh, we'll we'll definitely keep them coming, and we'll we'll get a you know, let's not let it go two years before we get you back here. Yes, I need to come back so then we can reevaluate the market. Yes, yes, we'll have to see. Hey, who, where where did we land? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay.、Well, thank you so much for thank having、you. me. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one.
There are a lot of people out there talking about the infinite banking strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them. To find out what it's all about and if it's a fit for you, visit controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines, where my audience can gain exclusive access to books, podcasts, and webinars tailor-made for real estate investors. This episode is brought to you by the Investing in the U.S. Mastermind hosted by myself and Nick Van Dyke. Nick, let's talk about why it's so important to network with other people who are doing what you want to do. You're the average of the five people that you hang around with, so... When you go to events like these and you network with people that are wanting to do big things in their life, you know, generate more more income, wealth, more time, you know, all that good stuff, you know, you're, when you surround yourself with those people, you just automatically now want to essentially replicate that. And, and there's so much that can be accomplished by going to meetups and things like that. And those are all great. But when you focus in on a mastermind, these are people who are willing to invest in their education. They're determined to see an outcome. And it's a like-minded outcome with what you're looking to do. Our hope is that you're going to have an opportunity to speak with everybody who's in attendance, get to know what they're working on. And that's why we're starting early and we're going right through uh, to a dinner that we're including in the event uh, to give you a chance to actually have those conversations. If you're looking for more information, head to investing in the US com and for early action takers the promo code early bird can be applied at checkout for a 10 percent discount and we'd love to see you there